perhaps the most widely practiced art form several decades ago, and now making a surprising comeback and hopefully inspiring a new generation of music lovers. Help me to create the ultimate music compilation. Share your recommendation on the theme, get involved, get mentioned and get listed. Hi, my name is Isad Hazeker and welcome to Build My Mixtape. And now we started a second season, season number two. That means the first mixtape is now finished and I published loads of things on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash buildmymixtape. And uh, you can see the booklet artwork that I've made and uh, the whole track listing. And you can actually go to Mixcloud. And when on Mixcloud you search for Build My Mixtape, you can actually listen to the A and the B side. You can stream it uh, there. And that is something I can't do on this podcast because with the music rights and stuff like that. But the Mixcloud platform has got that covered. So if you're interested in listening to the result of the first mixtape, then you can. So the second season started, so the second mixtape, and the theme is Time. And you can go to my Facebook page and you can recommend all kinds of songs that you think is perfect uh, for this theme, Time. And if you want to send me an email, that's also possible. You can send an email to buildmymixtape at gmail.com. Now, what I'm going to talk about this time is uh, still in the area of the digital compact cassette and the mini disc. And actually also the Walkman, because that is a quite interesting device as well. Because the Walkman started, in my eyes, this this whole influx and interest in building mixtapes. Of course, mixtapes were created uh, in the 60s and the 70s when Philips came out with the analog compact cassette. But the Walkman uh, allows you to bring the music along with you, and that obviously... Uh, created a whole new interest in building mixtapes and actually I have to say that a good friend of mine uh, contacted me over the weekend and he offered to give me uh, a Walkman that he had in the attic and he was not doing anything with it anymore and uh, that's uh, a Mark II Walkman quite quite a good interesting model uh, when you read about it on the internet it has uh, really got an interesting backstory and very good reviews as well so I'm uh, absolutely chuffed to get that but on top of that he is also going to uh, send me his portable mini display because he's not going to do anything with that anymore and that is the um, the R70 model which is also a very interesting model when you uh, read about um, you know the capabilities and it is a bit of a later model so not one of the first generations of mini discs but um, one that was I think uh, at the end of the century or the beginning of the new century is about 99-2000 I'm not entirely sure when that one was manufactured but it was um, when Sony was hoping that it was in the mature stage of uh, adoption for the mini disc format and the interesting part about uh, all these portable things is like the Walkman and the portable mini disc player I also have a portable uh, DCC player and it got uh, refurbished uh, over the week 
uh, it needed a new belt and stuff like that. And replacing the belt is obviously something that you don't need to do for a mini disc because there is no belt. Yeah. Um, it is really interesting to see uh, the inner workings of a portable DCC player. Uh, it is, in that sense, when you compare it to a mini disc, uh, way more fragile. Of course, uh, there's a lot. But it, it is like. Um, I don't know whether you can actually make that comparison, but uh, I will do it anyway. Um, where the mini disc is, is like your uh, digital clock. Uh, the DCC, when you open it up, it looks more like an ancient clock with all the rotating things that are taking place. And it is absolutely fascinating to see how it looks from the inside. I would even dare to say that it looks more beautiful on the inside compared to the outside also shows that even though when you look at the portable DCC player and the portable mini disc that you would say well you know that DCC player looks like a brick um, but when you open it up you're actually going to be surprised that they were able to make it that small and uh, in order to get to uh, the belt to get uh, you know the rotating mechanism going it is not that easy. Uh, they really try to uh, use uh, space as efficient as possible, but if you want to repair a portable DCC player or a recorder, then uh, yeah, it is not for the faint-hearted, I can tell you that. So luckily I found someone uh, in the UK who uh, is uh, more than capable of doing this. And uh, therefore, I got uh, my DCC recordable, portable, recordable player back. And uh, yeah, I was enjoying listening to uh, my old DCC tapes. And uh, that is fantastic. So, um, when you compare it with, uh, with the mini disc, then obviously the mini disc is a totally different concept. It is more like a floppy disc that you uh, put into the machine. So I would imagine uh, that there's also less things that could go potentially wrong with that machine. Um, the other thing that is quite interesting is that they continuously talk about sound quality. And this is a re recurring theme that comes back and forth in, in these episodes. There's always this, this story about uh, the quality on a DCC tape compared to the quality on a DCC disc. And... What you need to understand is that there is a sense of, and I don't think it's the right word, but there is a sense of limitation on a mini disc based on the amount of storage that you can have. Because the little disc, it's very ingenious though. They are able to put 140 megabyte on that disc. Now, you might think that is nothing nowadays, but when it came out, it was quite a, a, a good achievement. And... Then you start to think about, okay, uh, they want to replicate the length of a CD. So uh, I said in a previous episode why this CD was uh, 74 minutes. They applied the same mechanism to the mini disc, also uh, 74 minutes, the first one that came out. They were able to uplift it to 80 minutes later on, but the first models were 74 minutes. And that equated to... 140 megabyte and that also means that when you want to compress it into like an mp3 format uh, it translates to more or less 200 
240 kilobits per second. Now the highest uh, quality that you can have on MP3 is 320. So um, you can more or less see that there is a bit of loss of quality related to that. But to what extent can you really hear it? Yeah. Most of the MP3 players at those time, uh, uh, when they came out, they used the 128 kilobits compression. And uh, when you compare 128 kilobits compared to, let's say, 220 kilobits, obviously you will hear the difference. And uh, therefore, you would say that uh, for an average MP3 player compared to Minidisc, yeah, obviously the Minidisc sounds a lot better. Now, when you then compare the meaning test to the DCC tape, yeah, well, you know, the discussions are out there because with tape, it's it's a totally different mechanism. It doesn't have the limitation that you put uh, uh, data on a particular uh, size of the disc. You just have tape. Obviously, as I said earlier, tape makes it uh, more vulnerable because uh, when you... And, and probably also obviously more expensive to manufacture as well. So on the long end, I think uh, if the DCC would have that breakthrough of economy of scale, they probably would have um, reduced the cost of manufacturing. And therefore, uh, um, you know, be competitive with, with, uh, with the mini disc related to cost. Don't forget that at the time that the mini disc came out, it was very expensive as well. But I think on the long run, mini disc was uh, more cost efficient. Uh, not entirely sure, but that is my gut feeling. But the one thing that I want to say about uh, the portable DCC player is that you can also play your old audio cassettes on them. So when you think about it, um, when you have the Sony Walkman that could play analog compact cassettes and the mini disc, which is uh, basically the digital version of, uh, well, you know, uh, it was obviously better than any MP3 player that was out there at that point in time uh, until obviously the Apple came with the, with the iPod. But um, that was a different format. With uh, the DCC, you could still play your analog audio cassettes, but also record on digital compact cassettes. So, you know, when, at that time, it wasn't really that easy, you know, to make a choice. And when Minidisc came out and the early adopters had to make a choice, I think in the end the choice came to quality. Uh, to what extent uh, um, you really made an issue out of that. Uh, I have to remind you that the first Minidiscs that uh, came out, the first decks, um, the quality was not as good as the later versions of Minidisc that came out. Um, not to say that it is bad, because you know people get very, very touchy about this uh, topic. Actually, it is quite interesting. Um, there are um, certainly uh, very vocal haters of the DCC format, which which I find very odd actually. Uh, there are obviously uh, a lot of lovers for the mini disc format, and I think, especially in the United States of America, the, the it really was embraced as much as it uh, happened in Japan. Um, and uh, yeah, just you know, I, I I'm been posting about, uh, for instance, the digital compact sets, and uh, then you get this off remark of some person says DCC sucks. Well, you know, you can make a statement like that. Um, it was basically just uh, 
whether whether the person really thinks that uh, DCC sucks, I don't know. You know, uh, this time on the internet, uh, people can leave those comments, and in the hope potentially that you're going to respond to it and that you get agitated, and then they basically are just a, a, a troll that is just even not having an opinion uh, per se, but just uh, trying to uh, make people upset or whatever. But you know, for me, I embrace both uh, formats. Uh, um, Analog cassette, digital cassette, mini disc, uh, DAT recorders. I never got into because at that time, uh, when I had the money to buy something digital, uh, the DCC was there. So I never got into the DAT recorders. But there's a lot of love for that format as well. And I'm going to say all formats are fine. You know, um, it is kind of interesting to see that there were a lot of um, music formats that never really. Uh, got commercially successful. Uh, just to take two as an example, you look at the audio uh, compact sets, you know, the size that you have in your mind. Um, there were also very small cassette tapes, and they were normally used for um, when uh, voice messaging uh, things. So, um, Oh, I forgot the name, but when you're not at home and then somebody tries to call you and leave a message, yeah, um, it's on the tip of my tongue how that's called, but uh, anyway, they, they sometimes use a very small little audio cassette, like these little mini formats, and they were trying to um, push that as a format to record audio as well, which is, it, it looks really, really nice, those really very small audio cassettes, Um but there was also uh, a format that was called 8-track, and I think especially in the USA, uh, that was a popular format. And um, i never seen uh, an 8-track in the flesh. I've seen uh, pictures of them, and there was a format that was popular in the, in the 60s and 70s, but never really, um, you know, made it big. Uh, compared to the analog audio cassettes and so I think it's also quite nice uh, once in a while to dive into the older formats there are more formats uh, to record music on that I never heard of before uh, but apparently we're trying to uh, um, get some market share and they all have their own specific story and uh, I, I guess uh, it would be interesting to dive into that as well now, what I want to do now is uh, um, leave it for the moment, uh, <laughs> but there is going to be a very interesting uh, news coming out on the digital compact set front, uh, because the DCC Museum wants to issue a new DCC release every year, and they're going to announce their next release in a couple of days. And it's going to be very exciting. Uh, I know some bits and pieces about it, but I told them not to share anything with you. So I'm not, <laughs> but I know what's coming up. So next week I will uh, tell more about that. And I'm sure you're going to be excited about this. Uh, even if you don't have that DCC format at all, uh, you would be interested in, in to um, see what kind of new release is coming out. So. That is, uh, I'm going to spend some time next week to talk about that. And uh, in the meanwhile, I would say stay safe. And uh, I hope you join me in my next episode.